0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited today that Anthony Maraca, who is a medium on the East Coast of America, who I have been following on social media and YouTube for years, has agreed to be on Spirit School. Thank you for coming, Anthony.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Awesome. So I would really love if you could just start with your journey to mediumship. Like, What made you get interested in mediumship? What did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, actually. I, I will say this. I didn't have um, – I am not someone that believed in mediumship at all. I am not someone I, – I was a full-blown skeptic. I always say that uh, only because I just never uh, – as a young age, I don't remember, you know, seeing spirit in any way. And, and, you know, that actually messed with me in some way because in the beginning when I started reading books about the subject, uh, people were talking about how they saw spirit when they were young or they had these weird experiences. And I, I don't remember, to be honest with you, I just don't remember a lot of my childhood. The the most I could remember back to, or like my conscious thought is like fifth grade. Hmm. I had a very emotional upbringing. Uh, my dad left my mom for my, uh, for my mom's sister, actually, as weird as that might sound, um, there. So, and that was that when I was two years old. So I, I, I must intentionally kind of black out or I don't, Think about certain things. So I don't remember my childhood experiences. And it was in my, uh, a big part of my story also is drugs and alcohol. I was um, in and out of rehabs, halfway houses, and uh, through 12 step programs for uh, probably since I've been 20, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go years of sobriety, then I would relapse, and then I would kind of go back and forth for a while. And so the reason why I'm saying all that is because it wasn't into my 30s when I had relapsed again, I was sober for about six years and I relapsed again. And uh, I was on probably about a two year uh, hiatus or run, I should say. And I needed, you know, I was rock bottom again and I needed to get sober again. It was very clear to me uh, and to a lot of my friends and family. And I, when I got sober this time, I started to I started to pray, you know, and I really started to pray. And the funny thing is I just didn't have any sort of religious kind of upbringing Mm -hmm. um, there. So I, but I always believed in a power greater than myself. uh, But I didn't know, you know, I I didn't believe in a religious dogma. Let me put it that way. So I always believed in a God and there was a power out there. that was greater than myself, but I didn't believe in religious dogma. But this time I started to pray and um, it was just a simple prayer of, you know, why am I here? Use me as, you know, your will uh, because I should be dead. I should have been dead up at that point. You know, through my addiction, I uh, I had just major health implications from through drugs. I had, I trashed my, uh, trashed, I crashed my car, uh, head onto a telephone pole. Mm-hmm. I uh, was shot at by a police officer in Fairfield, New Jersey um, there, which, um, you know, knocked me at the actual him being right behind me, knocked me unconscious um flat. And so I, there was all these things, you know, all these things. And, and, and I was saying to myself, why, like asking God, like, why have you kept me here? You know, I had a lot of friends that have overdosed or died. And for some reason I was still here and I didn't understand why. And that was the prayer really, um, there and, and long and behold, oddly, um, after I said that prayer every day for about a week straight and I was back into sobriety and I was back in the 12-step program and reconnecting with friends that were sober, um, it was like synchronicity. Synchronicity took over. You know, there was a power that took over that, again, I couldn't explain at that time. Uh, looking back now, I see it was spirit. And I, I, people started to, like, come out of the woodwork, like, just oddly, like, and hand me something. And, like, someone handed me a CD of, believe it or not, it was a Christian pastor. And when I listened to it, it was three CDs. And I, when I was listening one time driving, it was like this guy was talking. I felt like God was talking to me there um, through this 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 outlet of this Christian pastor. Uh, And and so through that, I then started to learn you know how to meditate, and I kept praying. And and uh, oddly, just these weird experiences started to happen. And I taught myself how to meditate. And when I was one night when I was meditating, um, I started to hear and see things. I started to hear and see things that didn't make sense um, anymore. And, and what the weird part was is now I'm sober. <laughs> so I'm sober, and how am I going to go and tell anyone? You know what I mean? Like how am I going to tell people I'm seeing and hearing things because they're going to think I'm you know high again on drugs? And uh, so I kind of kept it up to myself. And oddly then, someone out of nowhere came and told me this story about Mother Mary about that Mother Mary saved me. And I was like, who's Mother Mary? I didn't understand what she was talking about. And she's like, the mother of God. And sure enough, uh, you know, I went through this. I don't want to go into that whole experience, but I, I, I brought a pink rose to Mother Mary, as, as they told me, because that she had uh, saved me uh, there in that way. And as I continued and uh, dived into, you know, meditation, this person that told me about uh, Mother Mary told me I should go for a reading. And I'm saying, what, you know, what do you mean a reading? What's a reading? And she's like, oh, a psychic. Uh, and so, and I wasn't really a believer, but you know, it was funny at that time, the person I was with, I was with a friend and he saw all these things. He was also sober, we were going, he was just getting sober too. So we were kind of uh, using each other to to attend, you know, meetings and hold each other accountable. And so he was like, dude, you have so many weird, all this weird stuff going on. You should just go. And it was so bad. I was so rock bottom. I didn't have a bank account at that time. Mm. And so I had to actually bring the money that the, so the person to, for the psychic, I brought it to the girl that told me I should go. And she set up the appointment. I had to bring her the cash so she could pay for it. So I did this phone reading. And sure enough, you know, I got on the phone with this lady and it was like a half hour reading and she was validating a lot of things that I was going through at that point. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And so we got off the phone. I was like, oh, that was good. And all of a sudden, about maybe a week later that the woman that set up the appointment actually called, uh, I'm sorry, she texted me uh, back and said, you know, have you been thinking about that psychic? I was like, no. And she... (laughs) She was like, well, she wants to speak to you. And as I was typing, because this is how skeptical my mind is, she wants more money. You know, she wants my <laughs> money. You know? Upselling you. Yeah, exactly. I was like, "I tell her I don't have any. And as I'm typing it, the text came back and she said, she knows you don't have any money um, there, but she needs to speak to you. So I said, all right, do it for Wednesday. It was like Saturday. And she's like, no, she wants to talk to you tomorrow. Long and behold, I, I got on the phone with her. She said, you know ever since your reading spirit has brought you up every reading I've done this week. And so there's a message here. And so she, you know, tuned in and she gave me the message of, of that. This was, this is what I was, you know, I I have this sensitivity and I was going to have to start having weird things happening to me and that to call her, you know, she gave me her number. She would never charge me again. And I'm going to have questions. That's what spirit's telling her to do. And I so I started to, you know what I mean? It was like, thank God. There was like already, there was a synchronistic moment because there was an answer to, I can't tell everyone what's happening to me because I'm afraid they're going to think they're going to lock me up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're going to think I'm back on drugs again. You know, I probably at this point, maybe I had like 60 days sober. Mm-hmm. And um, so she tells me all this stuff. She gives me all this stuff and, and, and says, I'm going to start having weird experiences. And sure enough, uh, within a few weeks, I started having even more weird experiences. And it was undeniable. Then at that point, I would walk around, I would start to, I would walk by someone and I feel like I would know everything about them. And it freaked me out. Cause I would figure, I thought I just knew the person, you know, I'm like, no, I have to know this person. I was a bartender. That's the funny part. So I, I came from, uh, I've done a lot of jobs in life, but in that relapse uh, there, I was a nightclub bartender. I was in very popular nightclubs here in New Jersey. So I just figuring that, oh, they must've been at my bar or I know them from, you know, the club scene or whatever else. But I would know, it was like, I know the most intimate things about the person that that's where it was getting weird um, there. And you know, that that's really where it started. You know, that's how it all began. And I couldn't deny these experiences and again it's funny because when i teach now i tell people all the time i teach from experience like and i need experience for me to believe something you know what i mean and so mediumship i you know i still have a skeptical mind but i 100 percent believe because it's it's the validation of the evidence that we provide to a sitter or to a client or to a family um there that's right on you know what i mean and and that that alone you know gives my skeptical mind something to kind of, Oh, okay, good. It's, you know, it's right I'm there. Like I just need experience to believe things. That's just how I operate. And so I was having all these weird experiences. It was undeniable um, there. And then someone, oddly, a woman that made me kind of a believer uh, probably 10 years earlier that I went for my first ever reading. Uh, she, out of nowhere, 10 years later comes back around in this time period. I run into her as fate would have it uh, there and I'm asking her because she told me years ago that I should take a class. She was take, teaching this class on Monday night and I had this, uh, this thing and oh, wait, right, she wants my money. She just wants me to be in her class for her money. That was 10 years prior to this lady's crazy. And now I'm I'm in front and center with her and out of my mouth, are you, are you still developing? You know, are you still doing teaching development? Uh, and she said, Ooh, you know, and long and behold, I, I start working with her. Um, Actually, she, and it's funny how spirit works for me, just for me, because I was so skeptical. I go for a reading for her. She says, come and see me. Come over a reading. I go for a reading with her. She, about a week before my appointment with her, she calls me and tells me, plan on being here a little longer. I know, you know, I need to talk to you. And so when she's done with the reading, she tells me, spirit tells me that they want me to help you and develop you. And out of my mouth, again, like how much? Because she would have said $100. I would have said, this lady wants my money. She says, nothing. This is what I'm being told to do. And I said, Oh, okay. So, and that was it. And then I'm, um, you know, I started working with her. She taught me about learning energy and stuff like that. And then eventually I ran in, um, I, I, I found Lisa Williams uh, there. And um, I, I studied with Lisa Williams. This is probably 2012. I think that was. And uh, I went to Chicago cause she was teaching a class there. And I was in this three months class with her and you know, me and Lisa, uh, Lisa seen something in me that, you know, that I didn't see in my own self. And she, after that class, she stayed in contact. She called me, uh, within a year, she was, um, on an East coast tour here in New Jersey. And she was uh, stopping at the, uh, a big, uh, performing arts center here. And so about a week before she called me, uh, a week before that, she called me and said, what would you open for me? And I said, uh, uh, can I call you back tomorrow? And <laughs> And literally, that's what I said. Like most people would be like, "Oh my God," you know. And I was like, "Can I call you back tomorrow?" And she started laughing. I think she was like, "What?" You know. And uh, I said, "Listen, I know I have to do it, but I don't know. I'll call you tomorrow." And so she said, "Okay." I said, "I'm nervous." And 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 look, like, like I said, that it was just it just kept synchronicities and surrendering just kept going uh, there in that direction. And I again, I couldn't deny. But like I always said. It's not something that I ever thought I would do. It's not something I would ever thought I'd be a professional medium. It's not something I thought I'd be doing readings, let alone stand up in front of a stage, in front of 100, 50, 1,000, whatever the case may be, and, and bring through uh, loved ones uh, there, you know, and in, in, in provide evidence of the spirit world there. It's just, it's not something I ever thought I would be doing in my life.
0: Yeah, that is fascinating. I was really interested in your story. I think I first, well, I found you on YouTube and you're on Lindsay Marino's podcast and she was a mentor of mine too for a little while. And um, I found it, you were the first medium other than call it Baron Reed that I ever heard talk about past addictions. And I came from an addictions background as well. And it really created a purity complex within me for many years where I denied my gifts From 24 when I got sober until 31 when I had my first kid, but I had all these different mediums tell me you should be doing this, like you need to develop. And I was like, God is not going to talk to me. Like I am one of the biggest screw ups you've ever met. Like (laughs) because I was, you know, I got into drugs when I was like 14 until I was 24, and I just had this purity complex, and I just never felt good enough, and. I didn't, even till after I became a medium, I didn't hear other people share a similar story. And did you ever have that purity complex as you were developing? What do you mean by purity complex? Like purity complex for me was like, you know, angels aren't going to talk to me. Like I haven't done great things with my life and I've done the opposite of great things with my life at some point. And so I guess for me, not growing up with any kind of religion... Kind of having the only religion that I had in my awareness was Catholicism because my, my family's First Nations and there's a whole history there, right? And it was a scary religion, and I was like, I'm going to get struck down with lightning, and so that's the only kind of religious belief I knew of at the time. So I felt like I was going to be punished, I guess, so to speak. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I never, I never had that uh, again. I, you know, because I, I didn't have like the dogmatic of religion. Um, they're kind of ingrained in me in some way. Uh, I just, I, to be honest with you, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand what was happening to me, uh, And I was, it was cool. It was like, you know, once things were happening, it felt like it was like this newfound kind of toy. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that mediumship was a toy. I'm saying like, like the kid that gets a new toy. I was like, let me sit for meditation. You know what I mean? And like my friends would ask me to go out on a Friday or Saturday and I wanted to stay home and just meditate and read books. And they were like, what's going on with you? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. like, that's what I mean. Like I I, was like this new thing. Like I was, you know, uh, very eager, Uh, to learn I also you know my first my first year really of development um, I came from you know I came from rock I that's probably the other thing too about the purity thing of it too is I came from rock bottom like I I didn't have anything you know what I mean so even at the point like what I was saying I didn't have a bank account when I I had to pay someone for that reading I had to give someone the money Um, but I couldn't even my tv was cut off so cable was cut off at that time you know Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I, 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 sat home and meditated and I read books You know, for my first year because I, I couldn't afford TV, but once then I could, I was like, I didn't want it right now. Cause I was so involved in, you know, reading and stuff. It was fascinating to me. All this stuff was fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. I ended up, um, joining a paranormal investigation group. That's how I spent my Fridays and Saturdays after that. I was like in supposed haunted locations following the medium, taking notes of everything that they're they're picking up to try to validate. It was fascinating. I was much the same. I didn't know how to talk to people because I was so into like spiritual stuff at that point. So yeah. we love details at Spirit School. So when you first started connecting, like what did that feel like? Like what did Spirit come through? Because for me, I was always very clairsentient, but not understanding the uh, physical differences when spirit was coming near, I was always expecting to see because everyone talked about like seeing spirit and that brought up a lot of insecurities for me too. So how did it come through for you?
1: Yeah, it's actually a funny story in, in the sense of uh, what you just said about the seeing part, because the first woman I worked with, I said that she said, I, you know, I want to help you. And I said, how much? And she said, nothing this is the spirit was telling me to do. And I, I think I met with her maybe once a week and, uh, that lasted for about six months. And then we kind of went uh, opposite ways. You know, it was like, I always look at something in the sense like spirit can use people. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, when that person's not a part of that plan no more, they're not there. So we went our opposite ways. But the funny part for the first six months, I swear, I used to ask her like, when am I going to see them? Yeah. When am I going to see them? You know, and you know what the interesting part is? She never once said to me, you're not, you know, what I mean? like, she never explained that to me, you know, so I had this, I had this more or less like the spirit world is going to show up right in front of me and, you know, they're going to show me that they were uh, a cop in their uniform and their badge, maybe their badge number um, there. And I would just, you know, know everything about them. And that just, just didn't work that way uh, there. So, you know, prim- primarily for me is Claire sentient uh, and Claire audience. So uh, primarily I hear and feel um, I am not, a, I, I always say to people and, and students too. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, ain't, I say this to everyone, we are everything. You are multifaceted. You are clairvoyant, claircognent, clairaudient, clair, um, sentient. You know what I mean? We have everything, but in life we've become primarily to certain things, whether you feel too deep or you're a very visual person or you need to hear things to, to, and I'm not saying it in the sense of our clairs. I'm just saying some people are audible that they need to hear. I love you and not be shown it. You know what I mean? Whatever mm-hmm. our thing is, um, in life. So, you know, for me, I'm not really, uh, again, I just said I'm not. I'm clairvoyant, but I very, very rarely use clairvoyance in any sort of reading um, yeah. there. And that messed with me, by the way. Yeah. That messed with me in the beginning. But besides the fact that I was waiting to see them, like see them in front of me. Yeah, uh, there, and <laughs> No one told me that that wasn't going to happen until later on uh, there. When I started to, like I said, like I would have these weird experiences where, I remember one time I was going to meet my mother for, for dinner and it was outside on like a sidewalk. Uh, it was like an outside table thing. And I sat down and when I sat down, I I, I walked like too close to the lady at said the table and I knew I started to, it was like my whole being like clairsentiently. I knew I started picking up everything on her, you know, and that's where I was like, what is going on here? So that would freak me out. You know, that would, that kind of stuff would freak me out. And I didn't really know what was happening. When I started to develop more, you know, it's interesting. I didn't really go into development, to a development class. It was after I started doing readings mm. and only because uh, you, you had brought up too, like you, like my, me myself, myself, uh, the, uh, the fear of not being good enough, uh, all that stuff. Like I remember, and at the time my wife, who's my wife now, she was, I was dating her uh, at the time and I was working part time and I was doing readings. I just started doing readings. Um, I didn't advertise or anything. I, I did a reading for someone uh, that was a hairdresser who was a close friend of mine, actually, a, a gentleman that worked in a, a you know, a, a well-known, you know, big salon. And I did a reading for him and he was blown away. And cause he knew me forever. And he was like, I can't, how do you just know that stuff about me? So he told, you know, some of the women in the salon and now all of a sudden I'm um, through text messages, people are, are, you know, wanting the readings. And so I got calls for read, a bunch of readings within like 48 hours period. And as, as much as that may sound cool, it wasn't. I freaked out. And mm-hmm. I actually said, I don't need, you know, I remember talking to my girlfriend at the time and she's like, this is wonderful. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I don't even know where the information is coming from. I don't know what I do. And I remember saying this to her like, everyone can pick up a basketball and dribble, but people get coaches. And those coaches are the ones that, you know what I mean? They, they learn, you know? And so I ran. I ran to the journey within, which is Janet Nohabik's church, because I, I I was about twenty minutes, you know, I lived about twenty minutes from there. And uh, and I signed up for a development class. And the interesting part of it is uh and the class was great. It was great, but eventually they told me that and it wasn't Janet by the way that I was teaching, it was a different one. They said that I was doing it wrong. And mm-hmm. you know, it's such an interesting experience because now I think I, I look back, and it did. It kind of tried to change me, but then I came back to my original style that I've always worked with, and when I used to, how I used to read, mm-hmm. and through that, that's why I say now to people about, like, I'm um, as a teacher, we shouldn't be put in a box. You was know it what a I mean?
0: spiritualist church, like the general Yeah, it was
1: a spirit. Yeah, it was a okay. spiritualist church uh, there, and so. I look back and I know I look back and say well why did I go through that and now I see you know what I mean because as a teacher now I like people to develop um in into their own uniqueness mm-hmm. um, there each one of us are unique each one of us has a different soul signature and the spirit world I feel like loves the fact that we shouldn't be put in a box because they can work with each one of us has Our ability can be used in so many different ways and we're all unique to that. And so we need to find our own unique path in our our mediumship in some sense.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Cause a lot of my mentors have been like f- from Arthur Finley or the Spiritualist, but I've never attended a spiritualist church myself. Like anytime I kind of tuned within, like, but it's a church for mediums. I'm like, no, 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 you don't need it. You don't need it. And I kind of stayed away. And I'm kind of glad I did. But going back just a little bit, like when I would be in development circles, like under different teachers, it was like other students were saying, Don't you see spirit right there? Like, and I always met, felt like I don't, like I don't see them like that. And it kept me back for a very long time. And then a lot of the mentors that I mentored under were clairvoyant, like that was their title. It was like, You know, clairvoyant. And I'm like, but I'm just not. Like, I just don't feel. And even still today, years in doing this work full time now, I've just kind of resigned to the fact okay, I just don't see you. I just feel you. I I know of you. I hear you. So it's really validating to hear that. And it's hard going through the development path, not falling into that comparison trap of what other people are saying, how they receive the information, and understanding it's so unique to each one of us and likely based off of our life experiences and stuff too, right? so very cool and then so how long were you developing before you started doing readings like for public like joe public
1: so do you mean to go like professional i guess like
0: wherever people were exchanging money with you like yeah okay um
1: that's interesting actually maybe i would say i would say about two years i would say about two years And, and not to say that i wasn't I think I was doing a bunch of reading, free readings, but then like people would give me money, you know, yeah. it was like, uh, you know, no, nah, don't worry about it. You know, I was just trying it out again. I, I this is the last thing I thought I would be doing. So <laughs> I was just doing it and, and, you know, yeah. All right. Come on, come on. you know, like the, the people, the people from the salon, they would text like, hi, I'm, I would like to set up an appointment. You know what I mean? They, so-and-so gave me your number and I'd be like, okay, yeah, let me do it. And, you know, in that video, if you've seen it, the fear and doubt in your mediumship uh, on there that I put up on YouTube, that was Mm -hmm. what I was talking about there. Cause I would only do like one or two practice readings a week at that time, but I would cancel. I was so afraid. Like I would text that, you know, like I said, I was working part time. So I would get out like some days, two, some days, three, just depended. Uh, I was working for a family member that was just doing something part time while I was developing too as well. And I was also, because I was, you know, newly sober uh, I was also um, um, volunteering at a shelter uh, here in, uh, in in Patterson. It's kind of an inner city um, in in New Jersey here. And so there's a, a shelter that I was re- uh, volunteering as a recovery coach and bringing a 12 step meeting in there at that time. So I was doing all this stuff, right. But I, people wouldn't start to hand me money and I would be, all right, I guess I should start charging. And so I did, but it was like nothing. I think I charged like $60 or something. And in the beginning, the funny thing is, my readings would go like an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Like it would like overcompensate. They were supposed to be an hour, and in the beginning, I used to close my eyes. You know to read. I again, I I was doing psychometry. I didn't know it was psychometry then. I had no clue of any of this stuff. You know what I mean? I I was reading, but I didn't read about all like all that stuff, but. You know, because people come, I will come, let me have something of yours, you know. Give me your, bra- you have a bracelet, oh, give me that bracelet uh, I'm there. Uh, you have keys, give me your keys. And I would hold it in my hand. And as I would hold it, I would start to ask, you know, for them. Inform- and then information would just start flowing through. You know what I mean? And so, but I would, I shut my eyes in the beginning. Probably because I didn't want to see their facial expression uh, there. But I would, or I felt come more comfortable. And I would sit there. And the next thing I know, it would be like an hour and a half. You know what I mean? It was like way over time uh, there. And that's, you know, that really, that's how it began. I guess I was around two years and then, but even so I never, even with charging, I always went, see, I, mama, my belief is, and I have a different beliefs than a lot. I think my belief is, is, is about surrender, Mm -hmm. you know, and because that's been my experience, my experience is surrendering to spirit, to God, to the universe. I don't care what you want to call it. Uh, I would call it spirit. No, I'm there because even when I went up in pricing, it wasn't like I just put a, like a sign on there, Okay. I'm going to charge this. sound. I was, tr- if I was charging $60, someone handed me 80 by accident, let me get you changed. And they didn't want it, you know, and it would happen three times in a row. And then yeah. I would be like, okay, I get it. You guys want me to go to this price. And the next thing I know, someone's handed me a hundred. I went to 75 and the next person's uh, maybe six, seven months down the road, hundred dollar bill. Let me get you changed. No, I don't need it. You, Thank you. You know what I mean? And that would happen like three times in a row. And I would be like, Oh, okay. I guess you want me to change and I'll, I'll go to a hundred dollars now. And it was like that to where, you know, where I am now. I mean, for my whole part of these years of development and, and going professional Um, there it's always been like that, you know, it's always been like that.
0: Yeah. There's so many things I want to ask you. I'm like, (laughs) I'm trying to be strategic here because you say things that just trigger more things, but I'm like, no, I want to go back to that, that video that you just referenced because, you know, and I heard you and Tony recently, you did a Facebook live with Tony Stockwell and I loved every second of it. You guys just like got right in there. There's so many epiphanies that I had out of that conversation and I loved how you talked about like the fear and the doubt that mediums experience because not a lot of people are, are talking about it like openly and vulnerably. And I had the same experience as you where I used to cancel readings all the time or if people canceled, I wouldn't fill them up again. She's like, okay, no, no, it's all good. And then if I had a shitty reading, I would like overcompensate by going over time because I knew I hadn't met the expectations and as people pleasing, it would actually get me energy sick. Um, And I always thought like I wasn't meant to do this because I experienced this, but nobody else did. And so I love that you're teaching now and I love that you have this reference of YouTube videos. I hope that you're going to continue making more. Every time one comes up, I'm like, oh good, Anthony did another one. But that video saved me so many times because I felt so seen. I was like, okay, somebody else has experienced this and is talking about it. And your big reason why I always kept going. I, go, I watched that video a lot and I have even watched it again recently. And you actually made a, an this is, I didn't think I was going here, but you made an interesting comment in that about Claire audience where you were saying like, I don't even know if like Claire audience like exists because wouldn't we get every name if like Claire audience did like, has your philosophy on that shifted a little bit?
1: I, well, yeah, I think in my philosophy has shifted on it. And all of our Claire's to be quite honest with you, I do feel, um, my belief is that all information that we, Glean from the spirit world that we get from the spirit world or a loved one there on the, in the other side, um, comes clear mm-hmm. So it's just a knowing, yeah. um, there. And if we get the knowing great, but most of the times after we, we were given that, that piece of information, uh, there from the spirit world, it then comes through our etheric senses to again, how you are as a medium. So if you're a very visual person, your own senses are creating that picture you know what i mean i don't think the spirit world is sitting there like let's just show this one this one you know what i mean she needs picture, show picture you know what i mean i believe that it's a flow of consciousness you know from from the spirit world to us, right? Um, I always think it in a great analogy as you, you think of a fax machine. A fax machine, you take a piece of paper, you put it through, it breaks down, it goes in through a wire, and you know what I mean. All this information goes over to another machine, and then it prints it out. That's the same thing. There, there's a soul there. We're a soul here. Soul there. That information is coming through a flow of consciousness. It is now coming. I'm the sensitive. It's coming into my consciousness. We're merging. We're blending soul to soul. Whatever you want to say um there it comes in as a knowing but now my etheric senses my body takes over and it's going to bring through my mind if i need to hear it clairaudient which is through my mind right um there or the picture or maybe i'm just going to sense it and feel it uh clairsentiently in some way or claircognate you'll just know it and the interesting part about that is is uh, you know i I, when I was, i did a year in england with tony and so when I was, when we were in this, that's when we started talking about that. And that was uh, probably about five years, six years ago now um, when we were talking about that. But the interesting part of it is that is too, is that I feel like when, when we're working with our senses, you know, when, when you're getting that information and that's starting to come out uh, there in some way, eventually when you get that same frame of reference enough, so mm-hmm. whether that be like, let's just say you're clairvoyant and you're using, I always use a beach ball, As an example, your beach ball means summer to you, or beach ball means that they lived at the beach. You know what I mean? Whatever that frame of reference is for you, eventually, that you're not going to get the beach ball anymore. You're just going to know it. It becomes a knowing. Like for me, I I just know cancer. You know, Uh, they'll give me as a knowing. I know my man passed of cancer. Then I can go into more detail. I feel it's lung cancer. Do you understand that? Yes. Okay. Good. Let's work. Um, there. So that's what I'm saying. I feel you know everything really comes through a clair cognate
0: yeah i agree and
1: our system our energetic field brings it to wherever you going to the medium's going to get that frame of reference i really what, what's, the, that, yeah. what's the it's like what's the point of showing someone something if they're not clairvoyant that wouldn't make sense it's yeah. your system that that distinguishes the information
0: and i don't know if you know this but i have a quiz online like what's your clearest clair and it's a Claire quiz and Claire cognizance is number one, like over 3000 people have taken this quiz and Claire cog and people are surprised. And clairvoyance is third. It's like, it's, it's claircognizance and the clairsentience are almost even. And then clairvoyance and then audience. is kind of like the results I've seen from it so far. And this is where I tell my students too, I was like, you know, you'll have all these psychic symbols and it will work until it doesn't, right? Like eventually you almost like outgrow um, the symbol and you just receive it in a different way. And I think now like I'm seven years into my development. It's like, I feel like I work mostly claircognizant now, but I still have some symbols on my body that they give me around depression and aneurysm and stuff like that. But yeah. same with like um, clairsentiently, I would get a chest pain. If it was one of three things, it was like breast cancer, heart attack, or like lung cancer. And then it's like going deeper to try to discern between those three, but it typically comes through the knowing it's like, okay, my chest hurts. I know this is where I'm going in the passing, but the clear cognizance kicks in and it's like, okay, this is lung cancer, right? It's not like a heart attack. And so it is kind of like, you know, trial and error and the biggest playground and the biggest classroom is actually doing the readings. Right. But going back to the fear There are so many people I know that study, read all the books, learn from all the teachers, and then they don't go out and do the readings because of the reputation, because of the fear of being wrong is number one. It's like, what do you say to people and help normalize this so that they know like, yeah, you're going to be scared, but you still got to do the thing.
1: (laughs) Yes, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. That's why I say, you know, like so I do this mentorship, right? And so in the mentorship, it, the the mentorship was designed. Like I felt like, you know, everything I do, I feel like I, I'm checking in with spirit. I'm asking them to help me in, in some way. And so one day I felt I, was, I started teaching and it took me a long time to even start teaching. I didn't want to teach um, there. And it wasn't that I didn't want to teach. I just didn't feel like I wanted to develop myself more. Um, as a medium, but I also wanted to get out there in the public more. So I wanted to be a medium before I started to teach um, there. and know, know my stuff, you know what I mean? Like know how it works for me and in, in my experience in that way. But you know, in the mentorship, it's funny because you know, I give them monthly goals where they have to have so many practice readings a month. Then during the week, I give them a weekly exercise and pair them off uh, with someone then on top of it, we also do a a, a I get on with them and they do a, a, a reading with me on Zoom and I can help them to push them and, you know, no, go more here, there's more here and, and whatever to help expand and get more detail um, there in that way. Uh, I, I And that to me is the most important thing. Like you have to do it. I say to, I say to people all the time, over-analysis leads to paralysis. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, so I trust everything I do, I trust, right? So I try, you know, our whole, our whole job is to trust our feelings and emotions. You know what I mean? When we're sitting in front of someone. So in the, in my personal life, I learned, you know, you have to learn to do that too. So when I, you know, I wasn't drawn to too many teachers. I'm not saying that uh, I was drawn to Lisa Williams. Uh, oddly weird. Not not that oddly the Lisa Williams, but like my wife had a, my wife's a prophetic dreamer, which is weird um, there and it's cool, but that's how I found Lisa Williams um, there. And then, uh, you know, I worked with her and then eventually it was Tony Stockwell. And so, and when I seen Tony Stockwell work, I said, Oh my God, that's how I work. Uh, there, I felt like that was like, just, he gets the information the same way, uh, there. And so, um, you know, and then, you know, lo and behold, I'm being mentored by him in England. But the, the point of it is you can, you can sit, you could take, you know, the best, take the 10 best mediums in the world right now. And you can go to every one of those classes, but you know what? The teacher's not going to make you a medium. Right. Listening to lecture isn't going to make you medium. It could help you, but the point you have to work, but too many teachers, too many teachers over analysis leads to paralysis. Cause I say to everyone, you, it will, you will, you will get frozen because no one has the ultimate truth. There's no, no one has the, when I start any class, any new student works with me, I tell them I don't have the ultimate truth. I don't, no one does. And so What you're hearing is an opinion Mm -hmm. or how it works for them. And that's why I say for me, I can only teach you through my experience and how it works for me Um, there, because that's what I know. But I didn't take everything Tony would say and, and trust it. I trust my own inner my own inner compass, my own inner guidance. If it resonates, great. If it doesn't throw it out, I say that to students. Now, if what I say doesn't resonate with you, throw it out. You know what I mean? We don't have to argue it and debate it. I'm just giving you how it works for me. And again, no one has the ultimate truth. Yeah. But you got it. But to get back to what you're saying, one second, it's, it's doing it. It really, that's what, like when I did the thing, it's because it's that it's making you do it, making you work. Um there because through working is how I found how spirit works with me mm-hmm. and how my own patterns are set up in in my work. You know what I mean? And it don't get me wrong, they're still changing. You know what I mean? Like we're always gonna be developing, right? We're gonna develop to the day we die, you know? Um there. And so, you know, I love the fact when I'll go through like a few week period of I'll see like spirits teaching me something else, and I go through the same thing over and over in readings, and I'm like, "All right, I get it." You know what I mean? I get it. I, I understand what you're trying to teach me now. Um, There, and you'll see those patterns kind of align. But it's you won't see them unless if you're just sitting there and lecture or, or afraid to do it, and it is fearful. You know, I, I tell people all the time. It's uh I was afraid. You know, of of repercussion. What are the people going to say about me? Like I said, I you know, I was here. How am I going to tell people I'm a medium? I was uh, a couple months ago. I was doing drugs. They're going to think I'm just doing drugs. You know, that whole thing—the fear of judgment—there, um, it definitely has definitely become more acceptable. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. Um, there, but it's working. Whether you go find a circle to to practice in, or you just grab some friends and be like, "Yo, can I practice something with you?" Um, there, let me just try something here. You, it's working is the way you're going to figure it out.
0: And then what do you say? Like a student comes up to you and says, Anthony, I'm scared of being wrong. What do you say to that?
1: Uh, I would tell them right off the bat uh, to take out a, 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 a one of those post-it notes, the yellow note things uh, on there and write on there, it's okay to be wrong during a reading and say it every day for about a year because that's what I did. Um, okay. You know, I was definitely afraid. You know, that's why, you know, going back to my, I do swear. So uh, I'm not, I, <laughs> I won't swear, swear in your podcast. In so. yeah, I, won't, I won't swear in your podcast, but I think I'm laughing because I didn't expect that fear and doubt video to be what it was. It was a Facebook live in the mediumship development group. And I, I went live right night because people were asking me questions about, about, you know, being afraid and stuff. And that's really where I just shot it off. And I, I say the F bomb so much. My wife, I came up to say, my wife's like, maybe you don't need to say the F bomb that much. No, I'm there, but uh, there. So when I think back to that video, I, I, I laugh about it uh, there. But what I'm saying is, though, is that that was me and I had to, I wrote down, it's okay to be wrong during a reading and mm-hmm. as an affirmation. And I said it every day for no lie a year. And that's why I canceled readings. I was afraid to be wrong. What if I can't get the person that they want? What if I'm no good? What if they laugh at me? You know what I mean? Um, and then there's, there's a whole another side to that too. When you start charging money, more you know more fear comes in. Yeah. Even when you increase uh, your, your, your pricing at some point, more fear, you know, uh, am I giving them what, my, the worth? You know, like the whole, it, you, your mind is a liar. That's the thing too. So, um, that, but the number one thing I would say is write out an affirmation. It's okay to be wrong during a reading and say I'm it every day.
0: I think that's great because I usually say to people, I'm like, here's a helper. You're going to be wrong and you're going to be wrong a lot, but you're going to be right a lot too. And you just got to celebrate the success and just know that you did the best you could. Right. Well yeah. intended, but I'm going to add to that. I'll be like, and set up this affirmation because yeah, I find that is like the number one fear I hear from, from people. Have you, what's the number one fear you see come up in the students you work with? Cause you work with a lot of students now.
1: Yeah. Um, I, it's probably that. It's probably the the fear of being being wrong. You know what I mean? And um, or I want to say probably the fear of not connecting to the person that they want to connect with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or or the judgment in, in in one's eyes. You know what I mean? Not and not from the medium's perspective, but they're afraid of what the sitter yeah says.
0: I remember early on, like I kept a real detailed online journal of my whole development journey, like some of the most boring things and then some of the most phenomenal things. So to do my podcast episodes, I actually go back to that online diary. Like what was I afraid of like those first few years? And I remember my prayer before, you know, setting the intention to work with spirit would be, I want the spirit that I can connect with the easiest to come through first. <laughs> Cause I was that scared of like sucking and not getting good evidence. Cause everything was about evidence 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 and then I want to talk to you about that too but I actually started transcending my fear and just saying you know what like because that's my ego I'm, I'm actually starting my reading from a place of fear making sure I don't fail and I started trans like sending that fear and making my intention I want the spirit who they want to hear from the most to come through first like really like I don't care if I suck I don't care if I stumble it's like it was a big shift for me in my development to go there and put it all on the line. And now so often I get who they wanted. I'll say, was there someone else you're hoping to hear from? Nope. You brought them through. I'm like, okay. Yeah. No. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's like the best feeling. Like,
0: Oh good." I'm like, yes. Okay. Nailed it. Yeah. Cause it still feels good. Right. It's like yeah. it's hard to really separate your ego fully and this work because you want to do good. And you know, the people who are the most scared are usually the ones who desire the most to help right? And do well yeah.
1: in the work. Yeah. I always remember, I always remember a quote from John Edward. Um, and he said, he said, you need enough ego to do the work, mm. but anything oh, oh, too much of it is, will kill the work. Yes. You know, and it always, that just always has stuck with me, you know, cause you do, you do need, you need some sort of ego to do the work. There's going to be people that are there will be people that aren't uh, uh, happy. There will be people that come, you know, come along and think that mediumship is like, "We're I have a phone to my ear and I should be able to tell you every single thing, the name, their, you know what I mean, the blood type, and whatever else that they think." Um, there, and that's just not how mediumship works. You know what I mean? So you do need some sort of ego, but anything over is is too much you know,
0: Definitely. Um, what was I just going to say around that? Okay. I have a question about like evidence and messages. So where do you find the balance in that? Because I find with a lot of people I'm mentoring, and I was like this too, where you give like too much evidence and then it kind of like falls flat. And then I used to have to get reminded by my clients, do they have something to say? Is there a message? I'm like, right. Okay. Let me tap into the message because what we see on TV, what we see, you know, the old Gordon Higginson, like demonstration, like Jerry Fitzgerald of one, two, three Domino street. Right. It was like, the evidence was just so solid. And now I'm finding people want like the feels more than even the evidence. So what have you seen with this transition and how do you balance the evidence and the messages?
1: Yeah, see, I'm like you in that sense. Well, I would say that, you know, a big part of my work because of my skeptical mind is evidence, right? Mm -hmm. And early on, uh, that's really, I mean, it was just kind of, I would always hammer evidence. And there's times still to this day where I'm hammering just evidence uh, there. And I almost have to remind myself during the reading. So like, all right, let go here. What do they want to say? You know, (laughs) what what do they want to bring up? Um, there because I feel like because of my, my skeptical mind, I'm constantly like in that thing of, all right, here, it's not that I'm trying to prove. It's just that, let me give you more evidence. Let me give you more evidence Um there. And I was, that's all I was until I met Tony. And that's why I always say when I, when I did my time with Tony um in England, he, I remember he would always, you know, I would kind of just rifle off evidence. And and not, again, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. You're just giving evidence, but uh, there, I remember he would come by and say, auntie your evidence is great. What do they want to say? Let go, you know? And I would be like, Oh, uh, <laughs> there. And so that kind of taught me the balance, you know? And so now for me, I would say, uh, you know, my readings are 45 minute readings. Uh, I would say like in the reading, I'm like 20, 25 minutes of, of, of pretty hardcore evidence. And then I kind of let go and, and allow, uh, there, but it's not like 20 minutes of 20, 25 minutes of evidence then just let go. Cause it's, you know, you have different communicators. So let's say dad come through, I give evidence for 10 minutes and then I give what dad wants to say for maybe five minutes. You know what I mean? And then mom comes in here and then, you know what I mean? And then I work with her with evidence of And then she wants to say, but in the process, I think of of the reading, I think it's, you know, it's probably a half and a half. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. We were ta- I was talking about this and then I felt the spirit world um, there. And that's where I go back to the surrender because mm-hmm. I feel as though, they know they know what their loved ones need if it's strict evidence or if it's more of a message right but it's me as the medium that's getting involved um, into the reading and trying to just keep giving evidence 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 whereas you know i was saying this to uh someone i i don't know if i was doing this on a live with cindy or someone i was talking Uh about but um i was doing a reading a few months back during the pandemic it was over zoom and, uh, this woman came to me, she's been to other mediums. I've never read for her. I read for her. I bring it through her mom. Um, I mean, I was given evidence. I couldn't, you know, I even, I brought up about, it was breast cancer. I brought up that it was actually in her left chest, her left breast where the cancer started this whole, like really. And this woman is like, you know, and you know, I was like, what's going on here? And it was about thirty minutes into the reading, or about twenty-five, thirty minutes in the reading, I stopped for it, and I, oh my god! And all the it, it just like the mom came over me, you know what I mean, like, and really started to give me what she wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And it was about how the the woman that I was reading for was a nurse practitioner. So in, in, I don't know Canada, but in here they can they could also you know nurse practitioners, I guess can. They're like doctors, you know what I mean? Like they could write prescriptions and, and healthcare plans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she was her mom. She was the one that was responsible for her mom, or she felt mm-hmm. that uh, there. And she made all the decisions. And so the mom gave me around that about her still feeling guilt. And the, that's it. The lady just lost it. She started mm-hmm. crying and all, be, you know, again. And she was like, I've been waiting for a year for someone to say this. Like her mom was telling her to, to it wasn't your fault. Yeah. And yet I'm given all this great evidence, you know what I mean? And it, again, it was like another lesson, another lesson back from the spirit world, like just sh- shut up and listen to us. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we know what we need to say. We know how much evidence is needed per person. You know, I see that more. Someone brought up, that's where I started to think about that. Uh, I was in Phoenix, Arizona doing a Dem and uh, demonstration. And afterwards we were, I was there for teaching. And then I did a demo one night and afterwards, and the next day we were talking about it with students and, Someone said, you know, it really is interesting because the way that you work, you just allow, I don't ever, I don't, most of the time, I don't close the link actually, you know? Mm-hmm. So the spirit world will give me another piece of evidence to get me to the next person, whatever happened to shutdown shutdown and reopening on um, yes. there. It's really, it kind of just keeps flowing. And so someone, someone said one of the students had said, it's like, you just trust them and they're the ones that are doing the work. I, well, yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, they, I believe they know what evidence they need for their loved ones. Mm. But not to say, you're going to get a skeptic, and no amount of evidence is going to be good enough. You know what right. I mean? And I wonder from the other right. world if if the spirit world gets annoyed. Like, come on. Can, you know what I mean? Like, about their, about their own loved ones. Um, yeah. So yeah. I no, think I, it's a perfect blend. I do. I do think it's a good blend, like a, a potentially half and half uh, there. Some people may not say that. I, I would I, I would beg to differ just because in my work and uh, in, in, in the clients that I deal with, they want to hear, they want to hear, does my dad see that I had a baby? Yes. Does my <laughs> mom know that I put her ashes underneath her picture uh, on there in the living room? Yeah. Does my mom know that we made ornaments and the kids, all, all three kids hung them up? on the tree for her this year besides that uh, uh she was 65 she had lung cancer uh she was five foot 11 type b blood and no, i'm just joking <laughs> uh, but you know all very you know listen it's all very wonderful evidence yeah but to me there's got to be more that's the thing with mediumship it was like there's got to be more there's got to yeah. be more and i believe that they'll talk if we let them
0: Definitely. And I, I want to ask one more question about the evidence. Um, I love everything you say. Totally resonate with it. Um, I agree too. It's like discerning almost like what the client needs within that. Like I've pumped out evidence that hasn't landed. I'm like, okay, they're here for something else. Sometimes it's psychic. Sometimes they're like, I don't even want to hear from my loved one. It's like, that's when it's like a slog. I'm like, why is nothing flowing? I'm like, oh, they they actually want psychic. Okay. Right. And it's it's so, it's so such a ride being a medium, right? Yeah. And trying to send the people pleasing as well. And, you know, what you were saying too is like, I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've had as a developing medium is like, and it only happened for me last year, year six in my development, year three as a professional medium where I had to get out of my own way like literally get out of my own way. That was the hardest thing. And like leaning back into service, like this isn't about you, Danielle, like get out of your way. Right. And then things just started kind of like flowing a lot more and actually becoming more fun. Right. So the, I names evade me, I am not a name medium. Um, how do names come to you? I'm going to ask every medium this.
1: (laughs) Most of it's funny because I was just gonna add something to what you just said about names, by the way. But okay, I, I, cool. <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah, great. we'll answer in this. That's why when you brought names, like, oh, perfect. She's gonna be. Oh, that's great. Uh, so either Claire audiently I hear them, or I just know them. It's really okay. odd. I just know them, Claire And again, I, I'm gonna go back and saying it the same way. Like my experience was, I was never a name medium either, right? Uh, until, and I was doing a lot of Dems and stuff like that. And it was just always the evidence was always good. I would get the relationship or whatever else, um, there, but uh, you know, I wasn't like the greatest piece of evidence, uh, there. Like I brought through a name there until I started working with a woman named Cindy Kaza and Cindy, um, is like a name queen, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I started, me and her started doing Dems together and, i was like what the heck you know like what's going on here and you know i would watch her when she i would go i would go and then she would go and i would be like i gotta start working on my names." so i you know i had to create that intention really to to start working on them more and then i started to study names i just started to study names because again you know gordon higginson says it best mediumship is a mirror of the mind if mm-hmm. you're not good with names now you're not going to be good with names in, in general, you know what I mean? If you ask someone, you you go to a place and mom was like, Yeah, my name's Tom. Oh, great. Uh, and then an hour later, you're like, Wait, what was that guy's name again? That is me. That's the names are in the forefront of your mind. It's right. you know, mediumship is a mirror of your mind. Yes. It's so hard for the spirit world to potentially link in there and pull out that frame of reference. Um, there when you when you constantly forget names, you see what I'm saying? So, okay. I and I'm like that too. I started studying names, you know, I had to start studying names, and so. I went and I found the, the top 100 names of male and the top 100 names of female through the social security index in the United States of America and, and started doing, it. you know, I laid them out, A's, B's, and then went, went all of them and I started studying them. And then I would play, play a game, you know, with my wife. You know what I mean? She would ask me and I would have to call them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I started to get better with names. Now, not to say definitely, you know, I definitely have gotten better. Not to say that I get every name. I don't uh, there. because again. Sometimes it's not needed. That's what I'm saying is yeah. uh, trusting the process. But here's the other part of this. There's twofold. One, I don't believe that the name is the greatest piece of evidence anymore. I
0: don't. It isn't. It, old spiritualist thought, for sure, right? Yeah.
1: In a dem, I could say that could be a little different, okay? In a dem, uh, there. If you're already working with the person, it's not like, because a skeptic would say, if you just call out, I have a Bob with me or I have a you know, someone's going to raise their hand, you know, the chances are. Um, I'm talking about if you're working with it and then you get the name of the loved one and, oh my God, you know, that's still, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's excellent. And even if you get a name, it's great. What I'm saying is though, from the sitter's perspective um, there, the name here in America, I got to say 50 to 60% of people that see me already think that mediums look them up. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so that name is available. You know what I mean? Like I went one time, one of my students said, you got to get this reading from this medium. And so I was like, really? you know, like, Oh, it was so different. It was, you know, it was different. It wasn't that traditional evidence. I said, all right. Um, I went online, I put I the an appointment and I, I put, uh, my name in there, but I was giving it to my wife, um, there, but that's, we went and put in her name and all these things came up with all her, her past relatives. Right. To the fact where she actually went and contacted those places to take them off. She didn't want her all that stuff on there, so it, it's it's out there. That's what I'm saying. In a one-on-one, one 60 percent of people that come and see you think that they that you've looked them up already um, yeah. there in that sense or in that way. And the other part of it is, and so is the other part of developing the names though as the medium, but besides studying them, once you get the name, it's just like any other frame of reference. Once you get that name like you actually get the name uh, there, it becomes burned into your subconscious in some way and it becomes easier and and you'll get that name the next time. And then you'll get the name the next time. And it's like, Oh, there's a Michael here with me. You know what I mean? Cause you've gotten Michael so many times now. Do you see what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like anything else Um, there. Now there are some people that are just really fabulous at names Um, there and um, maybe they don't put any effort for me. I can tell you now I put effort like mediumship didn't come easy to me. You know, I remember I was, uh, I typed something into a, uh, uh, I have a international mediumship development group and, and, um, on Facebook and I put something up there as an exercise or something. And someone came and was like, I don't have to do any of this stuff. I always get it. And I was like, Oh, right, good for you. Not for me. I'm, I work at my mediumship. You know what I mean? I have, uh, you know, I don't have them down here, but, I have binders of frames of references, you know what I mean? And I'll still go back. I'll go, you know, I got a couple big uh, demonstrations coming up or I'll pull that thing out earlier in the day and start looking through my frames of references, you know what I mean? To just inundate my mind. Because again, mediumship is a mirror of the mind. So I love that. Make intentions to try to start remembering names. Um, well, I think what I I'm
0: going more. to do is because I am one of those people who will be introduced to someone and five minutes later I forget their name. And actually the first thing I do in a reading is saying, can you spell me your first and last name? Because by the time I check my calendar who's next and they sit down in front of me, I've already forgotten. So I'm just going to practice by remembering the names of the people who I actually meet in life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny too? Because you don't really realize, again, when you come into that
0: the, – the,
1: like we do so much things on unconscious, you know, uh, programming, you know, where uh, you look at Facebook. How many times do you scroll through Facebook? You see the post and who's posting it, but you don't realize the name.
0: Right. You look at the, may
1: see, you just know who it is. Like you've done it and you're like, okay, and you're scrolling through. But if you actually just stopped and said, Brian, Alisa, you know, like, you know what I mean? If you actually did that, that would help the developing uh, helps us uh, there to develop the, the better names because, again, it's bringing more into your awareness um, Love and, it. in that
0: way. Great advice. I have one final question for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Um, have you seen an evolution in mediumship, like based off the person's need? you know, it's very sexy on TV right now. And so there's like a whole nother level of expectations that sitters are coming with, but like mediumship as like a whole, how we work as a collective, how we actually understand our individuality within it now. Like, have you seen an evolution of mediumship?
1: You know, it's interesting. Cause that's, that's my, my question I always ask uh, people. So I, I know I asked Tony in that um, clip there and, you know, Tony was, you know, 30 years or something, you know, when he started uh, there. So in my very short time uh, here of, of, you know, from my beginning to to now, which is just 10 years, really. um, I would say it's what I've been talking about and what I was trying to talk about with Tony there. I, I, I believe, you know, it's my belief and, and um, that there is mediumship does, has to evolve and it goes into the line, what I was just saying, I believe that mediumship is evolving or the spirit world is bringing us to what do they see of our world now, Mm -hmm. meaning things that the sitters just did because they know that evidence is being tarnished now by the internet. Um, there are technology and it's only going to get worse. You know, you think about, you know, I have, I have three children, um, there, if, if Mila, my oldest is seven now, you know, uh, since Mila has been born, she's been put on Facebook. Um, there, you know, I've put her, we posted her, my wife's posted her. So in 20 years time, let's just say, knock on wood, I'm not, I'm still here. But in 20 years time, Neil now 27. She goes to you, finds you as a medium, uh, um, not you, this bad example to use you, but a medium that's kind of shady, um, there and they pop in a picture, they find Mila, they pop in a picture. Every single thing of her whole life is now going to be online. And so I believe the spirit world, uh, um, knows that. Clearly, right, uh, and I feel like some some of our evidence potentially has to shift. Now, I'm not saying all of it. I'm saying uh, yes, you know how they passed, who they were, personality, characteristics of who they were in life, if they had any weird quirks, uh, any crazy kind of uh, uh, ailments in their body, or, or lost uh, finger, what, what all that stuff is so very important still. But what do they see of our world now? Things that have just the sitter just did yeah. Um. there, because I feel like it shows it shows the sitter that their loved one is still in, involved in their life, and they are truly watching over um, us in some way, and that they're still there, they're, that they're still there watching us um, there, because any other way, like I said, I want to again, 60 percent of people are, are I don't want to say skeptical they're uh they're 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 open-minded but have a skeptical side to them because again because of technology oh that now it's just easy you know it's easy to to be able to put someone's name in and find all this information about it so when you start bringing up things that they just did that no one could know Mm -hmm. like uh i
0: don't know booking a trip like
1: booking a trip or, uh, I, again, my experience a, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading for a woman and I kept bringing up about it, an angel figurine, uh, being put down or someone was buying an angel figurine. I thought she took it from the woman's house uh, her mom's house. It was the mom that was coming through. And she's like, no, no. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I feel like you just took an angel figurine, but like someone's doing something with it or they're removing. She's like, no, but I'll, you know, I'll find out, you know, she sent me an email, like, uh i don't know about after that weekend i was reading was on thursday she went to her dad's house and sure enough that day of the reading which was even crazy because long and behold she had no idea her dad was looking at angel figurines to put on the the tombstone you know what i mean and on top of it they were she said it was really actually odd because they're they're i don't i guess i don't know they're very jewish uh -hmm. there and i guess the angel thing wouldn't go with that religion that's how she said it in the email i don't really know judaism um there so uh but that she was like i can't believe you know that was like i I, wow i just can't believe that you know what i mean so great validation comes from what and now she's more of a believer not like she wasn't a believer but of what's happening right now someone that just did because they're able to see that potentially whatever else i just feel like some of the evidence has to change in that way we can't. And, you know, I, so, and then here's the other part of this. Let me say this. I actually think differently than traditional, I don't know, spiritual national union, or, uh, you know, traditional mediumship in some way. What, you know, when they, you know, cause people, there's a whole debate about potentially, Oh, that's psychic. And you're getting psychic mm-hmm. info. And like, we made psychic a dirty word, um, there, um, I don't believe that. You know, I've heard people say, as soon as you start talking about the sitter, that becomes psychic. No, I don't, I don't believe that in a second. This is what I'm saying. I, I go completely opposite. If you just give me evidence, if I come to you and you only give me evidence about, I'm going to say my dad, even though my dad's still here, um, my father, you give me his name, you give me who he was, his characteristics, uh, they're all good stuff, good evidence, but you keeping them dead, like in the past, Mm. Why are you not linked into me psychically? How yeah. could you say that that's not psychic? Everything is in I my dad's name is in my memory, my aura. I'm not saying you read my mind, but it's in my psychic perception, right? How he died, the fun our memories together, those are all psychic. You mm. see what I'm saying? So, they're technically that all that information is within my etheric body or subconscious that the reader could when you the intelligence of the spirit world to me, this is to me, is proven to me when they bring up something that I just did. Yes. That's how I could say, yeah. Oh yes. That per I now, I know that person's looking down upon me. You see what I'm saying? So, and and that no one else could know, you you know what I mean? So that's where I, I feel like there's a small shift there. And I'm never, I'm not saying again that, uh, uh, traditional evidence is going away. No, we absolutely need evidence. If anything, I was I, Lisa Williams. When I do events, go on tour with her, she'll say uh, Anthony could be too evidential. You know, she calls me to. So evidence is absolutely critical. But I do believe that it's shifting a little bit, and I believe that evidence of of what do they see of our world now? Again, things aren't posted on Facebook. Um, uh, there to the smallest little silliest thing, like. Uh, you were just at Home Depot buying new paint for the wall for the living room. Would you understand that? Yeah, oh my, yeah. I was at was at Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, I was at Home Depot. I was buying paint, but you put the paint can back because you decided. Yeah, I put it back. You know what I mean? Like that type of evidence, people are like, how do they know that? How could you know? When when someone says, well, mediums just look him up, they're gonna go, no, it's impossible my dad brought up about how I literally was at home Depot. No one knows that. Did you post it on Facebook? No, I didn't post that on Facebook. <laughs> that to me is, is, is that's where I, I feel uh, some changes or I know within my own work, it's going to that place uh, yeah. there, but still need evidence. I'm not saying that we don't need it. We absolutely need it. Uh, i there. But when I, I, I like, they're not, they're not dead. They're not, they're not, they don't die. We're, we're, we're just in another world. And so um, I, I don't think that they like when we just talk about them in the past.
0: I love that. And that was something I learned. I took, I took a few Tony retreats and that was like one of the things I carried probably like the biggest aha moment was asking the world of spirit. What have you seen? And I, once I move past the identifying information, like, okay, you know who this is. I can, I can leave that identifying evidence alone. I then step into, okay, what have you seen and who are you with? And like, what do you do? And kind of like tap into that with like a blend of messages and stuff. But yeah, I love that. I love all that philosophy. That's wonderful. Cause
1: even, even so like, you know, eventually, and you may have this now, but eventually that you have, you'll have clients that come back to you, even if it's once a year, they want to check in, you know what yeah. I mean? And, uh, you know, I have now clients that have, I've read for five or six times. They've come once a year over the past five or six years. And so you, you start to know those, you know what I mean? It's not like you, you, you're communicating with them, but you know, you, when they come, you know, you know, I've, you read five, six times from, them, you know, who their dead people are. You know what I mean? And so in that process, like, what do you think you're going to talk about in the reading? It's not going to be that all that evidence that you've already brought up, how they passed, what their hobbies were, lung cancer. They had blue eyes. You know, he passed at 77. This is your dad um, there. I know that he, it started at prostate cancer, but it switched. You've said all that over the years. What are you going to talk about? They don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about i seen seen what you're doing. I've seen uh, recently, you had my picture in your hand, but you dropped and the glass broke. Is that true? Yeah. How do you know that? You know, I know that you were just at the store today buying a mirror. Oh my God, just today. Yeah. Someone said to me, I had to go, you know what I mean? Like what they want to talk. I feel like the spirit world wants to talk about, especially like I said, once you've said all the evidence and you're not going to do readings again and give them your client the same information again. What's the point of that? You know what, yeah. what I mean? They want to say something, and I believe that they see exactly what's happening um, there in our world, and they want to talk about it.
0: Love it. And that's one of the things I've seen a lot of students, like the hardest thing to grasp is that you're talking to souls, and like you can ask them questions and like be curious about their lives. Like you wouldn't just let your friend drop an apple and say – like just leave it you'd be like what's with the apple right like you got to show some curiosity with them as well and and ask some questions to get more information some people just sit there like i'm ready to receive i'm only going to say what i receive
1: (laughs) it's funny because there's like going back to your names right and like what you just said like i say this like i i try to simplify uh mediumship in the sense of where it's like if you're having a phone conversation with someone in the spirit world, right. Whereas I see a lot of times uh, earlier on mediums, they'll get a name, they'll give a name. It doesn't make sense. Right. To the, to the sitter. No, I don't know that person. And they just, Oh, okay. And they, they move on. They never prod or try to figure out the name. Like, well, wait, hold on there. Cause I'll get it. Sometimes now I'll be like, I'll know that the person's alive. Like who's Chris, but they're alive here in our world. Oh, that's his brother. Oh, okay. Hold on. No, I'm there. The reason why I'm saying this is, right, people will then will, like, leave. Oh, he just wants to say hello. You know, or, oh, uh, well, he's just mentioning his brother. And then they move on. And I'm like, no. If me and you, if I was calling Danielle right now, and I'd be like, Danielle, I got to tell you about your brother. <laughs> right? You'd be like, what about my brother? You know, so as a medium, that's how I am. If I get a name. Hold on. Uh, wait, who's Thomas? No, I don't know what Thomas is. No, I feel like Thomas is still alive. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that's my cousin. Would you understand that Thomas's mom just passed recently? <gasps> yeah, my aunt. Hold on. I have your aunt coming through and she's giving me time. To- you know what I mean? Like, there's a re- and it, it might not be It might be just because Thomas. Oh, those are big congratulations I feel around Thomas. Um, uh, there your dad wants to congratulate him. Um, uh, there. And I feel like did he just become a police officer? Yeah. Oh my God. You know what I mean? It's like we don't stimulate we think of it that way like if me and you called each other and i gotta oh, or 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 i gotta talk to you about what you know like you know what i mean yeah I mean, you know if we simplify in that way then i think we could realize like yeah there's a communication happening here
0: can totally have- i could imagine like my nana she was so sassy she'd be like there will ask me something like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, this was such an energizing conversation. I so appreciate you coming on. I know people are going to love it. Um, and how can people find you, follow you, work with you? I know that you offer um, some classes and stuff. So I'd love for you to just plug that.
1: Yeah, I have um, uh, my website's AnthonyMaraca.com. So my name's actually on the screen there. People don't. Um, can never... I'll link it in the show notes too. Yeah. They never can spell my last name. Um, there, Instagram, same thing. Anthony Maronka, Uh You're gonna probably yell. You know, I'm literally gonna yell. Maybe, but people may. I actually do offer classes, but I don't. I never update my website. So um, I will say this: I am. I do have an International Mediumship Development Group. It's called International Mediumship Development Group on Facebook. I'm there, and anyone could join uh, there. That's where I usually post my classes, and they usually get filled up there. I don't believe it's just for me. Uh, I don't have these really huge where you get lost classes, so I kind of keep the numbers down. So they they do kind of fill up um, there. But I do an intermediate class usually once or twice a year. Uh, I just started running some four-week circles where on Zoom, uh, it's not a group. It's a group, but uh, we're using breakout rooms. So I'm just giving straight X, kind of like we were talking about, you got to do it exercises i'm throwing people into their own rooms they're practicing then they're coming back and we talk about it i just started doing some of those but i know those filled up already too so uh, hopefully in the future maybe around september i'll have some more time to do some more of them um there but yeah the best way i would say is is probably in that group if you're developing medium um there or instagram
0: awesome i love it and we're like meme brother and sisters on there just like posting the memes keep spirituality light and fun. And I love it. I love following your Instagram. So thank you so much, Anthony.